You're listening to The Tactical Kitchen. I'm Melody Behrens, certified chef and nutritional therapy practitioner. And I'm Steve Behrens, 21-year special operations veteran and certified personal trainer. Together, we are here to share our experience on the ketogenic lifestyle. Don't forget our disclaimer. This podcast is for general information only and should not be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. We're not doctors, and we don't play them on the internet. Now, let's get ready to chew the fat. Mmm, bacon. Hey friends, welcome back to the Tactical Kitchen. Today you're listening to episode 13. We're going to be talking to Robert Sykes, the Keto Savage. And he's kind of got it together. I was really impressed with talking to him during this interview because... Of all the things that he's doing with being an entrepreneur, online coaching, developing these programs that are super awesome for people to get into what he calls a deeper state of keto, and the fact that he's been doing keto for quite a while now. He's a natural competitive bodybuilder, and he has found a way pretty much to be a bodybuilder and not have to suffer like everybody else does. Yeah, that was really cool because, you know, you hear these stories of people who do bodybuilding competitions and, like, they don't drink water for, like, two days because they don't want to have any extra weight. And he's drinking a gallon of water, like, before a competition. That's that's impressive. He's also a trainer, so he trains people to be bodybuilders. He's really found a way to use keto to reach a, another level. He won his first competition. He did, and then... <clears throat> Sorry, it's early morning. I'm sitting here having coffee, and we're a day late because I graduated from the NTP this weekend. (laughs) But on that note about Robert, he just took Crystal, his fiance, through her first competition, Keto Adapted. He does do the bodybuilding training, but he also, if you're just looking to be trained for life, he does that too, you know? I wish I had been 22 and started a keto diet. Oh my gosh, I'd be a totally different person. You know, speaking of that, we're going to get to his interview in just a minute, but I found out something super cool this week, or this weekend, actually. It feels like it's been a whole week since, like, Thursday. I'm, like, smoked. But um, I found out this cool thing about a new organ they've discovered in the body. Can you say it? Because I can't say it. Okay, it's interstitium. So the interstitium, and I might not be saying it right, I don't know, because it's brand new, so I can say it however I want, I guess, but the interstitium is an organ that is throughout your entire body that separates skin from organs, and it's a web-like membrane that is, it's full of fluid, It's 20% of our body weight, and the reason why they just found it is because when they study cadavers, it actually collapses, and they can't see it. So I don't really know how they found it, but they did study humans that were living, so I'm not completely 100% up to date on this, but they found it, and they know that it's 20% of our body weight and that it's dynamic, full of fluid. So you guys who are trying to lose weight, when I tell you and Steve tells you that you need to measure because your body weight changes with all this water, this one organ we didn't even know about is 20% of your body weight and it 
fluctuates all the time, carrying all these nutrients throughout your body. So don't stress. In 2018, we're still discovering new things about the human body. That should say something. Now, real quick, do you want to talk about the Nutritional Therapy Practitioner Certification? Oh, man. Okay, so this program I toyed with uh, for about two years thinking of doing this program. Um, we, you know, we've been studying nutrition on our own for quite a while, Steve and I have, but I wanted to make something more official. And I started looking into the NTA program, Nutritional Therapy Association, when I saw them at Low Carb USA. And I finally just bit the bullet. Steve told me, just go do it. So I signed up for the Austin class and just graduated this weekend. And you guys, it was like a six-year course of nutrition crammed into 10 months. It was the most awesome experience that I've ever had. My instructors, Kathy and Brooke, were the most amazing, helpful instructors. You you do everything online except for three workshops where you meet in person and you learn functional hands-on assessments to help people really identify what's going on in their body. And this was the best experience ever. And this weekend was all of our practical exams and written exams. I'll just say... I totally aced it, so I'm super excited. But I had a lot of encouraging help from my instructors. If you're thinking about doing any kind of nutrition program, this is based in whole food. There is not uh, anything that in keto land you would be going, oh, I don't agree with that. It is based on whole foods, healthy fats, Uh, The carbohydrates are kept to complex, leafy greens, things like that. It's just amazing. And you learn so much about the human body, it will blow your mind. This is basically what doctors used to do as a functional evaluation on their patients to figure out what was wrong with them before they would just run blood tests. Yeah, that whole thing where, where, you know, your doctor comes in. And I know you all have experienced that where they come in, you're sitting on the table, right? And they come over and they press your stomach. Well... What are they looking for, right? You probably wonder that. This is an old technique that they used to use, like Steve said, to really evaluate the body. They would do several palpations. And they got away from that because it's more lucrative to just run tests. Just get those tests run. It's more expensive. They get get out of your room faster. It's just they don't do it anymore. And it's so sad because your body can tell so much by just palpating the right areas, um, your body will say, hey, I need some enzymes or I'm fatty acid deficient. It's so cool. So, hey, make an appointment with me. I'll show you exactly how this works. If you're interested, go into our website and just check out the services offered there and we can absolutely help you out. I'm so excited about this program. I want everyone to do it. Um, go to the Nutritional Therapy Association. Uh, their website is nutritionaltherapy.com. Right now, let's go ahead and get to the interview with Robert Sykes. All right, everyone. Let's welcome Robert Sykes, the Keto Savage, to the Tactical Kitchen Show. Hey, Robert. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you all for having me. It's going to be fun. 
Oh, we are extremely excited to have you on the show. We, uh, we followed you uh, for a while and we love what you do. So we thought it'd be great to have you on the show so you could expound uh, for our listeners on kind of who you are and what you do. Yeah, yeah. I'm an open book. So I've been doing keto um, as a natural competitive bodybuilder for about three or four years now. I've been bodybuilding for about eight and kind of followed the standard bro dieting approach, which just was not sustainable or healthy for me. Uh, and then kind of stumbled on keto by accident. And that's kind of led me to where I am now, just kind of fleshing that out more and more, learning as I go, kind of figuring out what works and what doesn't. And then seeing how great it made me feel, I just wanted to showcase that and illustrate how to do that for others so they could replicate it in themselves. And that's basically formed uh, the Keto Savage brand and kind of what I stand for. So that's, that's it in a very, very high level view. That's awesome. So when you started bodybuilding and you said you left that, that bro dieting mm-hmm. background, what was the catalyst for that? And what, what did that diet look like versus what you do now? So like a typical bro diet, I guess is kind of what a lot of people think of when they think of healthy eating, um, you know, food choices, like it's several meals throughout the day. You know, I was eating six or seven meals during the day, all prepackaged and Tupperware with my, you know, rice and, chicken breast and broccoli, um, which is like flavorless food. And then I would, you know, take those Tupperwares with me everywhere I went. You know, I'd go to, I was in college at the time, my first competition, so I'd have these Tupperwares with me there. Um, and it just, my life was ruled around the food, the meal timings are just not sustainable. Plus you just don't feel as optimal. I mean, you're feeling bloated, such high protein. It, it just, it's just not good. Like gluconeogenesis kicks in and you just don't feel optimal. Um, after my third competition following that protocol i gained like um like 20 pounds over two days span which is pretty typical from a competitive standpoint like you have a negative rebound is what it's called so you diet down you get to a deficit then as soon as the competition is over you go out and eat it at a, you know restaurant get all kinds of food and you just gain all that back almost overnight and it's really depressing really discouraging kind of develop food disorders from it, eating disorders from it um and i decided there had to be a better way and that's kind of when i stumbled into keto um, and haven't looked back since. So when you say you stumbled into it, did you, did you see someone else who was doing that kind of diet and bodybuilding? No. So actually I, um, I don't know if y'all are familiar with John Kiefer's carb backloading diet, but basically that's, um, keto during the morning is what it winds up being. And then like really high glycemic index carbs at night. So I was doing that after my third show, um, to kind of like find some kind of stability and it was great, but I noticed I felt better before I ever introduced the carbs uh, at night. So I'm like, well, I'm just going to skip the carbs and do carb backloading without the carbs, um, break all the rules. And, <laughs> and uh, lo and behold, I felt better. Like I didn't feel drained. I didn't feel depleted. Um, and it was just blowing my mind because, you know, I'd always been told you have to have carbs for energy. So I didn't know where my energy was coming from. And I started doing some digging and I found out that what I was doing was a ketogenic diet. And then, you know, kind of led down that rabbit hole of this was used in the 20s for epileptic children and then just kind of learn more and more about it. And then, you know, you hear a lot of endurance athletes using it, but you don't really hear much from the bodybuilding scene, you know, incorporating keto. So I decided I was going to flesh that out and see how it worked. And I felt great and it felt sustainable to me. So I figured I'd give it a try and see if it if it worked from a muscle building perspective. And I can't complain with the results thus far. (laughs) Yeah, I've seen your pictures and you've definitely got your physique uh, for the show is is outstanding. So seeing somebody that can do keto and man maintain that awesome physique is impressive when especially when a lot of people tell you you can't do it. And I love when people say 
you can't do whatever that you're already doing. It makes no sense. Yeah. Like that's honestly probably the, what lit the fire and then just kept it burning during the first, you know, two years of me doing keto. Cause I didn't even have a brand really at that point. It wasn't really much support from that, from that, uh, you know, front, but just simply in the gym, people would tell me that I, I couldn't compete as a bodybuilder on keto and it's like, okay, I'll show you, you know, and then it just, it just I showed them. <laughs> so did you, uh, did you get the same thing uh, that we've gotten before? Hey, you can't build muscle without carbs. Oh yeah. You know, you, you get that a lot. You know, you hear carbs are really muscle sparing. You have to have that glycogen to be able to put on the muscle. And I don't know, like I, I've, I've not had a carb meal in the four years and like I've kept it strict keto that entire time. And I've, I've, consistently put on muscle year over year my strength has all gone up my joints uh my inflammation is down so i'm able to train um you know more frequently because my recovery time is shortened so i'm still stimulating that muscle protein synthesis and I've, i'm giving myself enough you know calories adequate amount of food intake to be able to build that muscle and it's it's not been a problem that's awesome now when you talk about you you uh when you first got into bodybuilding how did you first get into bodybuilding that's a good question Yes. So, so uh, I was 115 pounds when I started lifting. I was a skinny little old rail and my whole, my whole genetic family. I mean, I'm not, I'm not meant to be a bodybuilder by any means, but uh, my uncle was always into sports, played football. And he was kind of the bigger guy in the family, more the outspoken, confident type. So I wanted to emulate that. And I had him kind of show me the ropes with training. Um, and then just kind of took it one step further. And one thing led to the next, I was watching YouTube videos of bodybuilders and I'm like, okay, I got to do this myself. And, uh, yeah, that's what I, that's kind of the path I took. Wow. So when you, when you started then you kind of started with YouTube videos and then, um, I'm sure that watching things like that, that's where the bro bodybuilding diet kind of came in. Cause that's really the only information out there. If somebody researches, that's usually the first thing they see. So that the fact that you got into the ketogenic diet and have maintained and then built, muscle on that diet you're kind of an anomaly out there i would think in that yeah. world it's kind of crazy like i don't i don't think of myself as an anomaly but then i look and there's like only a handful of us that are actually competing with keto and most of the most of the handful uses like a cyclical or targeted ketogenic approach like i don't really know any other competitor that's just strict keto year-round in the off season and during their contest prep um they're, they're starting to become more because I think the more information that comes out there, people are realizing it's a viable alternative to, you know, traditional dieting methods. But a lot of competitors will, will go really ultra low carb the last couple of weeks of a show to try and, you know, burn that last little bit of body fat and they'll call themselves keto. But I mean, their protein still 300 plus grams a day. It's, it's everything but keto. They're just really low carb. Um, so yeah, from a bodybuilding perspective, I don't know of hardly any other competitors that are doing strict keto. There's, there's maybe like the five that I can come to, you know, come and think of. That's about it. Right. And so that you talked about inflammation and you talked about recovery time. And I think for people who are working out and that's, that's usually a big topic because you probably see less injury, less time off having to nurse those injuries when you don't have that inflammation and you have that good recovery time. Have you really noticed that in your own uh, in your own career path? Oh yeah, absolutely. It's, um, it, it's kind of crazy cause like the inflammation's talked about, but it's not really brought to the forefront, but from a, you know, performance standpoint, that's going to have a huge compounding effect on what you're able to do, you know, in the gym that day. But then also, like, as you said, with recovery, you know, going forward into the future. 
And, you know, I noticed tremendously, you know, better recovery times, um, much less inflammation, especially when I'm doing like a heavier compound movement, like really deep, low squats. You know, my, I've got full range of motion. I'm putting a lot of, you know, stress on those joints. And for me to be able to recover quickly and get back in the gym, I mean, when you look at steroids, for instance, when you look at competitors that use steroids, one of the main benefits they're getting is that that's going to really, you know, drastically decrease the recovery time. Um, so they're able to get in there, train harder, train more frequently. And not that keto is going to be giving me the same benefits as steroids by any means, but the same concept holds true in that I'm able to just train with more intensity more frequently. Yeah. And when you, when you get to that last stage where a lot of people who are going to do competitions on stage, they have that time where they have to dry out mm-hmm. and you have to really balance electrolytes. How did that work with keto versus the regular kind of standard bodybuilding diet? From, a, from it's kind of it blows my mind from a bodybuilding perspective for natural athletes i cannot believe that more athletes aren't on a strict ketogenic diet because the benefits are just so so profound so so most competitors the week of the show is called peak week they'll you know the the water low they'll drink a ton of water then the water deplete you know oftentimes as much as two or three days out from the show they'll take diuretics oftentimes it's just very unhealthy um then they'll sodium load. That's, they're basically just totally screwing up their body's natural electrolyte paths and just everything. It's just not natural. It's not good. I mean, this past show that I was competing in, literally one of the competitors had to step off stage because he was cramping so bad in his chest that he could not even hit the poses because he was so dehydrated and so depleted. And I mean, it's sad because, you know, you work so long, so many months, you know, into this prep and to not be able to showcase that on show day because your body is in the worst health that it's ever been in. It's just unfortunate. Um, so for me with keto, I never, never really manipulated my water much at all. Like I stayed hydrated. I had like a gallon of water before I stepped on stage, whereas everybody else was having like 12 ounce bottles. Um, <laughs> so it's totally different there. And then from like a sodium perspective, I increased my sodium a little bit the night before, but nothing crazy. Um, and yeah, I just, I just, I was healthy. Like I felt better on show day than most of the other competitors felt in their off season, which is just unheard of. Now, you mentioned sodium, which is one of those push-button things for for health in general that's put out by, you know, the general practitioners. How much sodium do you focus on trying to get in a day? Yeah, so everybody's going to be, you know, different for sure. Everybody's going to have their their own equilibrium ratios that are are subject to them and subject to change. Um, For me personally, I shoot for about 4,000 to 5,000 milligrams of sodium a day and about 2,000 to 2,500 milligrams of potassium. Um, I think like a two to one ratio between sodium and potassium is kind of, it's worked well for me. Um, but yeah, then just a lot of people worry about sodium, not getting enough sodium in, but when you're on a ketogenic diet and your, your, your body's flushing out your electrolytes because you don't have that glycogen storage from the carbs, you know, your kidneys are flushing everything out. You need to replenish those with, you know, good pink Himalayan salt. Um, I don't ever recommend like the tape iodized table salt, but a good pink salt and a good source of potassium. You're good to go. Oh, no, that's just one of the, I bring up sodium because that's one of the issues that we deal with when you talk to somebody that's, you know, that's unhealthy and it's just, they're not really looking at bodybuilding, but looking at getting healthy. Mm -hmm. They're, they're afraid of sodium. They're afraid of fat. So telling somebody that, Hey, you need to crank your sodium up to, you know, 4,000, 5,000 milligrams when their doctor is saying, you know, anything over 1.5, you know, grams is too much. That's something we fight with. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Like the just the the way of thinking people have 
as it, as it surrounds, you know, food and supplementation, nutrition. Um, it's just so skewed, especially like in this day and age, like you know, we were, we were raised to think, you know, you have to have lower fat intake, you have to have lower sodium. But when you look back at what the body has kind of evolved to perform with and be optimized on, you know, the higher fat ratio is key. I mean, you look at testosterone being a precursor, um, you know, precursor that's cholesterol. And, you know, with the ketogenic diet, you've got higher fat ratios. Oftentimes your cholesterol is going to be elevated. That's not necessarily even a bad thing. You know, that's going to improve a lot of the pathways naturally, hormonally in your body. Um, so as long as you're, you know, keeping track of your markers, being conscious of how you feel and how you perform, and just kind of staying on top of your own health and manipulating things and just tweaking them to improve day to day, I mean, you're going to be way better off. You know, I heard on one of your YouTube videos recently that you guys were talking, you and Crystal were talking about taking some time off from the stage right now. And you were wanting to do some other things like maybe some Spartan races Mm -hmm. and some things like that. With a ketogenic diet, a lot of people will have the thought process of, oh, you can't do those high intensity workouts on fat. That's for endurance. How do you approach high endurance with a ketogenic diet? Has it worked for you? Yeah, yeah. So, like, I, I think honestly, from a from a performance standpoint, with regard to you know low intensity, high intensity, like your body is going to adapt to what you give it. And I'm a huge advocate for letting your body fully adapt to the ketogenic diet, which doesn't happen overnight. Like, you're producing ketones, you know, within 24 hours or so after you take out the carbs. So you're producing ketones technically in ketosis when your millimolar is above 0.5. Yada yada yada. But that's not the same thing as being fat adapted and keto adapted. You know, that takes time. It takes time for your body to truly become efficient at using that as a fuel source. Um, so, like, there's different phases of adaptation. Like, me being adapted for four years now, that's much different than what I felt like and performed at when I was adapted for six months. It just keeps getting better and better. And then that carries over into the performance realm. You know, like, as a, as a deeply adapted individual, I'm able to perform you know, on all fronts, whether it be high intensity, low intensity, um, endurance. And then from an endurance standpoint, like alone, that's, you know, like when you have so many more calories to tap into for fuel, because you are adapted to tap into those fuel stores. I mean, you're from an endurance perspective, it should be like a no brainer. Like you, you can just tap into so much more of a, a fuel source for those longer runs or bike rides, whatever it is you're doing, whatever your chosen sport is. You know, and that's something that we have talked about, Steve and I have talked about, um, the more muscle you have, obviously, the more storage capacity you have for glycogen. Mm -hmm. And I know that you might be familiar with Dr. Jacob Wilson and Dr. Ryan Lowry did their, uh, they presented some information on uh, CrossFit, uh, CrossFit athletes who were either carb loading or who were on a ketogenic diet. And what was so interesting is both groups had the same amount of glycogen stored at the end. So a lot of people will think, oh, if you're keto, you're going to have a hard time with something like maybe CrossFit or some sort of like high intensity explosive workout. So it's really cool for you to let people know that, yeah, it is different to be to go from just being in ketosis to being fat adapted. And there is a difference there. We've noticed that in ourselves as well. Absolutely. And I think, I mean, there's, there's still so much that we don't know. We don't even know what we don't know with regard to, you know, short-term intensity training versus long endurance training, how ketones come into the picture versus, you know, glucose. Um, Like we're learning more every day and the science just keeps coming to the surface. But 
from like a practical standpoint of what I can, I can tell from experience. I mean, my, 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 my performance on a short burst perspective, for instance, like if I'm training heavy squats, you know, I've got 400 plus pounds on my back. I'm just trying to power through that with absolute intensity um, for a short duration. You know, that has improved since getting on keto. If I want to run 10 miles, that has improved since being on keto. Everything for me has benefited. I haven't had any suffering in performance. And initially, I did when I first got onto the diet. I'm kind of go through those symptoms because simply your, your body's just not used to tapping into those those fuel sources. But but once you get adapted, I mean, there's really no no barrier, no no roadblock as to what you can accomplish. And that's a really good point for people because a lot of times we find that someone will start a ketogenic journey. And they'll get to that week two or that week three, and they're just like, I can't do this anymore. I try to go to the gym. I have no energy. And I just, I can't, this isn't working for me. And we really want to help people as they listen to this and research, do their own research, that if you can just push through that and let your body adapt, you'll be able to perform even better Mm-hmm. you know, in the gym or in life and, you know, which is much more important than us just being in a gym. It's just in life, we can perform, we can be, be in the moment. Which yeah, awesome. I, I agree. I think, you know, I've always advocated a long, long game approach to everything that I've put on social media or in my videos or my brand, but that, that couldn't be more true. You know, having a, a, a long-term approach to your health, your nutrition, playing for the long game and not just trying to short circuit yourself to, to reach a goal that that's in two weeks, you know, it, yeah, there, there might be a dip in performance or dip in energy the first couple of weeks of jumping onto the diet. But if you can just push through that and be setting yourself up for success for the rest of your life, I mean, it seems like a pretty, pretty worthwhile cost. No, man, I can't tell you how jealous I am just sitting here and listening to you talk and, and how you uh, found keto at a, at a pretty young age and really adopted it when I came up through uh, working out and being an endurance athlete, it was carbs are king and Mm -hmm. your, your meals were, were consisted pretty much of a lot of carbohydrates. And I did that for 25 years and you can do it to a point. And, but again, like you said, it gets, it gets harder and harder and harder, especially did for me, you know, when I got into my mid thirties to my started getting to my forties, it was almost impossible. And I saw performance decrease, decrease significantly. And it wasn't until I finally just went over the cliff completely that, you know, that's when you got to, all right, I got to change. So the information you're putting out for people that are younger to know that you're going to be an athlete into your sixties and seventies easily with the lifestyle that you've adopted. Yeah. And no, honestly, like one of the things that I'm most excited about is to see how I look, feel and perform when I'm 75 years old. Like, I think if I'm a billboard for health and keto now, then I think it's only going to be amplified when I'm saying the same things at 75 years old, when people are just really kind of going downhill and I'm still rocking it. You know, that's, that's, that's the message that I'm excited to, to be able to showcase. And I'm just going to be living that truth, you know, like the long-term approach and just hammering away at it day to day. Like I have no desire to, to go back on that or go back on the, the values that I've showcased. I mean, I have no, no need to go, you know, indulge in a bunch of carbohydrates. So I'm just going to keep living this lifestyle that I've, you know, showcased and we'll see kind of, we'll see, you know, maybe, maybe I won't be healthy at 75, but based off how I feel now at 26, I feel like my odds are pretty good to get better and better. Yes, they, they are. I mean, it's awesome. It is. And you know, you just said you're 26. We weren't sure how old you were. 
<laughs> but uh, we knew you were you and Crystal were were pretty young. But we also noticed that on your Instagram, you don't just train or work with people in their twenties. I've noticed that you have a few clients on there who you've trained that are. I think one of the females was 49 and a half. Mm -hmm. And could you maybe go into how it's different once you get, do you have to tweak things in the ketogenic diet? Do you see that as someone is a little older, it looks a little different? I think there's, there's much more tweaking as it relates to the sexes, like male versus female versus the age. Um, It's kind of funny. I've got a client right now that's competing this, this coming Saturday He's 52 years old and he, he actually worked with me last year for his first show and he's been strict keto that entire time. So for a year now, strict keto, he's put on like seven pounds of just solid muscle. He's leaner now. I mean, he, he looks like he's in his thirties and he's 52 and like the women, the women as well. I mean, their skin improves. Like just, it's, I swear it's the fountain of youth. <laughs> That's how I describe yeah. the diet. Like it's the fountain of youth, you know? So it's, it's cool because I've had several, I mean, most of my clients are quite a bit older than me. Like actually, I think most of them are probably twice my age, um, which is cool that they respect me and my opinion and expertise enough to to want to work with me and invest in me. But, but yeah, it's so cool for me to see them healthier now at this age than they were 20 years ago. I mean, they're able to spend more time with their loved ones now and a better quality of life now, you know, well into their forties, fifties and sixties that they had lost and forgotten when they were in their thirties. And that's a, that's a total truth. I remember, you know, being in my early to mid thirties and I I did, I was doing triathlons and I was in the military. So we did a lot of, uh, you know, physical events. I could hardly get out of bed. I couldn't sleep through the night because my back would hurt so bad. And then the morning when I would get up, my knees hurt, my ankles hurt. Um, You know, the the event of getting out of the bed was a warm up. You got to twist, you know, roll your ankles and get them all warmed up before you step on the floor because they hurt. And, you know, being almost 48 now, I, I don't have that problem at all the mm-hmm. reduction in inflammation has been significant so what do you see when you know your athletes that you're training they're in their 50s uh what's the biggest obstacle that they have to overcome especially if they're if they've done the traditional diet and now they're coming to keto mainly just the change in in mindset i mean there's there's so many habits that are in place because they've just had longer to follow the standard american diet so breaking through those habits and kind of tapping into a completely all different, different alternative to food. Um, that's, that's probably the biggest challenge without a doubt. But then once, once they kind of see how things work differently, it's pretty convincing to them and they just get more and more excited and they're more invested in it because, you know, they see how the small tweaks make such a big change. I mean, when you really start honing in with keto and you become really in tune with your body, it, it's a powerful to be able to know how every little stimulus you subject yourself to can have an effect and to be able to kind of know that in advance and be able to plan for it and adjust accordingly. I mean, I've, I've done several different experiments on myself and my clients in which I'll, you know, increase protein, you know, not, not much, but just a little bit. And I'll notice an increase in inflammation or vice versa. Um, so to be able to kind of tweak things like that for the individual, regardless of their age or sex or kind of what their goals are in life, I mean, it's powerful stuff. And the whole ketogenic diet in, in itself, I mean, you're able to become much much more in tune with your own body. Like you're, you're able to understand why you feel the way you feel. And you just have this, this sense of, okay, this is what my body needs. This is what it's asking for. Let's act on that. Whereas with carbs, 
that's just noise in the equation. It really clouded my ability at least to, to become in tune with my body. Whereas now, I mean, it, like I can eat half of an avocado and tell you exactly how my body's going to respond to the tea within 30 minutes. I mean, that, that's powerful. Now you, you touched on protein and there is a, a lot of talk going around in the keto world and in different areas about how much protein is too much protein. If you eat a high protein diet, it's not keto. Uh, and we recently did a carnivore diet and we thought we would take in too much protein and be kicked out of a ketosis, but that didn't happen to us. So when you say high protein, how do you adjust your macros? Uh, say you're going to do a, a higher protein. How are your macros look between the protein and fat? So it all kind of just depends on what my goals are. If I'm in an off season and I'm trying to focus on building muscle, I'll have more protein in my diet simply because my calories are higher because I'm in a surplus. Uh, when I transition into more of a you know contest prep, or I'm trying to lose body fat, improve the composition. I'll make protein my most manipulated variable. So carbs are already out of the equation. They're, they're, they're not in, in, involved, but like, so fats and proteins are what I'm manipulating. Um, when I, when I go into a, a cut, I'm trying to lose body fat. My primary goal shifts from building muscle to just simply maintaining as much muscle as possible and getting as lean as possible. I'm not trying to build muscle when I'm cutting. Uh, for that reason, I don't need as much protein and fats and ketones are incredibly muscle sparing. So I'm able to drop down my protein. And since my fat ratio is elevated, uh, my ketone production is ramped up. I'm, I'm in a more muscle sparing state with the lower protein than I would be with the higher protein. That, that's what I've found in myself and my clients. For instance, um, I got down to 65 grams of protein the week of my competition, um, which is unheard of. Like everybody I was competing against had like, you know, 300 grams plus. Uh, my girlfriend who just competed and won this past weekend, I had her down to 30 grams of protein the past couple of weeks, you know, prior to her show, which is just unheard of. But the cool thing is both her and I tracked, tracked our metrics and stats all the way through both of our preps and neither of us lost any muscle. And she, she and I both were hitting, you know, PRs, personal best in the gym leading right up to the show. So we were just getting better and better and wow. protein was rock bottom. And when you're doing that, you're at, are you, are you working at a calorie deficit mm -hmm. in, in that phase? So as far as your macros, your fat's going to be your highest macro then during that phase. So you're still feeling probably pretty energetic. Whereas oh, a lot yeah. of people during those peak weeks, you, you hear the stories of they're just like, they just want to just crawl to the stage because they're so exhausted and, you know, you talked about water earlier, and I was going to mention this. I've seen the story or read the stories where competitors are the only water they get. They're just sucking it out of a rag. Mm -hmm. And you just look at how unhealthy this practice is versus eating healthy fats right before competition and still being able to work out and get PRs in the gym. That's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's kind of crazy. When you look at, you know, the, the traditional bro dining approach, the last little bit of the show, you know, typically their, their protein's really high because they assume that they have to have high protein to build muscle and maintain muscle. Their carbs at this point are, are pretty low because they're trying to, you know, hone things in the last little bit. And their fats are pretty much always low. Like most of the competitors have, I had one guy that I competed with and he removed fish oil pills from his diet because they didn't, he didn't want to get those fats in. Like it's just very minimal, wow. minimal fats. Man. Um, yeah. So they, they have really high protein and everything else is low. 
basically what's happening with them is their bodies inefficiently, since they're not keto adapted, they're inefficiently converting that protein to glucose through gluconeogenesis, which is the inefficient process in the first place. And that's just their primary fuel source. So that's why they feel like zombies walking around. They, that nothing's, nothing's ticking on all eight cylinders. Mm-hmm. Whereas for me, even though my calories are, you know, I'm at a deficit, which you're going to just be at a deficit regardless of what diet you're using, but my ketone production is ramped up. And I mean, my mental clarity on this, this last prep was on a whole other level. Like I felt like the movie limitless. I just kept on going and <laughs> I, awesome. I, yeah, I felt great. Like it was so much more sustainable. I was still hungry, but it was so much more sustainable than, than any other diet that I've ever been on. That's impressive to be cutting and in a deficit and still feel great set, you know, set PRs in the gym. That's really cool. Yeah. And I think that this kind of makes me want to look at what we're doing because we've heard the protein talk so much lately, you know, oh, you should be upping protein and then, oh no, your protein needs to be low. And we followed a ketogenic diet, like, you know, a a pretty, the pretty basic 70% to 75% fat, um, you know, protein was moderate and carbs were obviously like very, very low, 5% or less. less. And we felt great for the last three years. And then we did the carnivore experiment on ourselves, and I still, we tracked and I still noticed that because of the kind of meat we were eating with all the fat, even without vegetables and, you know, all those things, we were still at like a 70 to 75% fat ratio mm-hmm. and then everything else was protein because you eat a ribeye with butter and it's pretty satisfying. Oh <laughs> yeah. You don't have to, you're not overeating protein, which is what a lot of people said we would do. But, you know, we've t- kind of like tossed around the idea of upping protein, but you're making me rethink that right now. <laughs> you know, because- like <laughs> I, I like carnivore a lot. Like I played around with it too. I, I don't have anything bad to say about carnivore at all. I consider carnivore a subset of keto. Um, I always advocate that even if you're just eating, you know, meat sources and all your foods are coming from meat, you know, maintain a high fat ratio, even while you do that. Kind of like you were saying, you know, I, when I do carnivore, I'll have the ribeyes, I'll have the 80, 20 gram beef, I'll have butter with it. I'll have my fatty coffee still. Um, but I'm, I'm maintaining about 75 to 80% of my calories coming from fat. I think one of the biggest mistakes people make um, just based off of what I've, you know, experienced with them and kind of what I've messed around with myself is they'll do carnivore and then they'll oftentimes have higher protein than fat. And, and that winds up just kind of, you know, I've, I've done experiments in which I've brought my protein up higher than my fat. And I always feel more lethargic. I'm much more bloated. I experience some weight gain. Like it's just not optimal for me. I don't even experience any benefit from a performance standpoint. Like I don't feel, I don't, I don't build more muscle when my protein's higher. Um, so for me, the, the negatives just far outweigh the positives. Yeah. And I think what you've done with clients and what I've seen in your social media, um, feeds is keeping a client that's in going to be in a competition up at like 160 grams of fat for a female going into a bikini competition. That's, uh, that's, that's freakishly amazing. Because I have seen other programs and the fat is just like, I look at it and think that's the fat in my coffee right there. The fat that you people can have in a day. I have that in my cup of coffee in the morning. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. there's no way I could do that. 
but I love the being able to have more fat because you just feel better because for females, especially you talked about the difference. There's a big difference between that hormonal balance. If you start cutting out all the fat for a female and even for a man too, but for a female hormonal cycle, it can be really detrimental to get too low in fat to, you know, in your diet. Oh yeah. It's, it's devastating. Like a lot of competitors that follow the traditional diet have their fat down to nothing and then go into that much of a caloric deficit. They, they, and they're never going to screw up their metabolism. They're going to screw up their hormones. They're just going to make things much harder to recover from. And then the whole experience as a whole is just going to be negative because they feel poorly and they do damage. You know, I, I've seen horror stories. I've, I've, I've seen people really mess things up and then that those have a compounding negative effect for months and months and months to come. Um, for, for me, what I've experienced with my, myself and my clients is going that low in calories isn't near as detrimental because by keeping the fat ratio high, the hormones don't take near the hit, near the hit that they would. Otherwise, um, the metabolism stays good. Everything's just, you know, ticking along much more smoothly. You don't ever want to stay at a caloric deficit for, you know, very extended periods of time. But if you do, and you're strategic with how you do it, you're not going to have much of a downside at all. And then they're able to bounce back and, and just continue on building muscle after their show and feeling great, as opposed to having to go through that whole negative rebound stage. Yeah, absolutely. So talking about food, uh, you came up with something that we think is absolutely phenomenal is the keto brick. Yeah, yeah, the keto brick. I, I had, I'm going to have to say I need to, needed to quit carnivore um, so I could try a keto brick. <laughs> did, you, did y'all get one? No, we haven't got one. I got on as soon as you posted that they were available. I was busy, and so it was later in the day. And by the time I got on your website – everything was sold out. And I was like, what? That happened so fast. So no, we haven't tried one, but that is a reason for me to kick the carnivore habit. <laughs> no brick. It's a, uh, I don't know, the keto brick. I'm pretty proud of the brick. Like the funny thing is it was never really designed to be even a food product. You know, like I, I made that out of necessity during my last competition prep, just simply to have a good quality fat source to keep my ratios good that I could take with me and travel. And, um, because, you know, most, most most fat sources on keto, like a lot of the fat bombs and everything, they're just not shelf-stable. They're mostly made with coconut oil or butter. And, you know, take them out of your fridge for a little bit, and then <laughs> there you look at a puddle. Um, but the, for me, the brick, it just kind of happened in a necessity, and people kept asking about it. And then we kind of decided to build a business out of it, and it's just grown and grown. And now we're trying to figure out how to scale up because the demand's there, but the supply's not. Uh, it's awesome that you're having that kind of trouble. Yeah, that's a good problem to have. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not complaining. No. Yeah, if you're listening and you haven't heard of the keto brick, you need to go check it out because it's something that the keto world is definitely going to latch on to. Okay, I actually saw you have one on Matt and Mega's show on YouTube, mm-hmm. the Keto Connect, and I saw the texture and I was like, I want that. I didn't even know it was a product, but then I, it caused me to research you and see that you were actually making that into a product. And I was like, what? I showed Steve and I was like, this is so awesome. Shelf stable. We're always talking to people who are endurance athletes who want a ketogenic food that's transportable, that won't, like you said, won't melt on them. Mm-hmm. 
if they're bikers or, you know, or cyclists rather, and, um, or, or hiking anything. Yeah. That's the one thing I get often. Is I have a lot of friends who do a lot of hiking and, you know, um, getting out on the trail and having, you know, food that's available. That's what they always say. Well, you know, you can't, you can't take fat on the trail. You know, you gotta, you gotta use the mountain house mills or get your old, you know, MREs from uh, the military and that's what you eat. And those are all high carbohydrate, you know, packaged foods. Yeah. And I don't know, like I, I do a lot of camping and hunting and fishing myself, you know, so I wanted something that would satisfy those needs as well. And, you know, you have like the jerkies, which most jerkies are just filled with sugar, but you have some keto friendly jerky options out there. You have like canned sardines, which is a great option, but there's honestly not a whole lot of really good options that you can have shelf stable that don't require refrigeration and have high enough fat ratio. Like even the canned sardines are high in protein than fat. And then obviously all the jerkies are going to be way higher in protein. So I wanted something that I wouldn't, uh, it has perfect ratios. I could just eat this and be, be good. You know, like this, the keto brick and a can of sardines and I'm good for the day, you know? Right. Yeah. Can you go ahead and just like, let us know what that ratio is in the keto brick? What are the macros? Yeah. So it's a thousand calories per brick and we have 90 grams of fats, 30 grams of protein and 16 grams of carbs, uh, of which 12 are fiber. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the breakdown. Yeah, so that's pretty much a meal in itself, right? Yeah, there. yeah, it's definitely not a snacking bar. Like you, you go pick up a Quest bar, it's, you know, got two hundred calories in it, of mm-hmm. which a lot of them are carbs. You know, right. this is this is a thousand calories. So yeah, definitely a full blown meal replacement. Well, we are going to make sure we put a link to that so that people can find you and maybe get on your list so they can be notified when you have more available. I know I saw one of your YouTube videos and y'all are in production right now. Yeah, we're actually going to make some on Thursday. I don't know when this this podcast is going to go live, but we're going to make some this Thursday and they'll probably ship those out the following Monday. And then we're doing a bunch of traveling right now. So it's it's kind of, you know, make bricks in between traveling destinations, but we're going to try and scale up. I'm going to, I'm about to invest in a big old freezer so that can help, you know, chill these down prior to getting them at shelf stable room temp. And I'm just trying to figure out how to scale this up, but I'm totally learning as I go. I'm new at this as well. Oh, the food service, any kind of food business is difficult. And are you doing all this yourself? Yeah, me and, you know, Crystal, my girlfriend, then we'll, we'll go into town. We have like a commercial kitchen space and I'll wrangle up my cousins and my brother and they'll help us make some. Wow. And we, we know, you know, you're uh, not only, you know, are you kind of a keto pioneer in what you're doing, but also, you know, you're an entrepreneur and you've got the keto brick, you do podcasts, you do YouTube videos. What are the challenges in keeping all that, that organized? That is a challenge for sure. I mean, there's, (laughs) I've always prided myself and been able to respond back to every email, every DM, every, everything. And this past week, honestly, it's just been like crazy. Like I haven't been able to keep up with everything like I like to. And there's just like, you have to just embrace the chaos, honestly, because if you're, if you're an entrepreneur and you're making this your lifestyle and you're just hammered away with everything you've got, I mean, that's just your life. Like I don't hardly sleep. I don't go out. I don't, I don't go on dates. You know, I have to literally like Crystal has to schedule dates. She has to put in a calendar. Hey, let's, let's carve out 30 minutes for each other right here. You know, like that's, that's the reality of my life. And if you don't want that for yourself, then you don't. And that's, I'm not here to say that that's the right way or the wrong way to live, but I love it. Like this fuels me. Like I get excited about grinding out 18 hours of work straight. Like I just, I live and breathe it. 
Wow. And, and I noticed, you know, on your website, you've got a, a recommended reading uh, by Ron Holiday, The Obstacle is the Way. And, I, you know, I've read that book as well. And, you know, the whole point of that is if it's the obstacle, that's where you're supposed to be going. You don't go, you don't avoid the obstacles. You attack them head on. And it sounds like that's exactly what you're doing. You're attacking the entrepreneurship head on. Yeah, I, I try and... I don't know, like it's pretty cool. Bodybuilding, I think, is a metaphor for life. You know, nothing really embodies discipline, dedication, hard work like, like bodybuilding does. And I've tried to, you know, incorporate all the lessons and life principles that I've learned from that into all aspects of my life, especially business right now. So if I can hammer out business like I hammer out a competition prep, then then it's lights out. Yeah, that is that is really super cool because you are still you know, you're still very young. So you're starting all of this at this stage of your life. And this, I see this just growing for you because keto's, you know, it's not going away. It's only going to grow. And the demand for things like the keto brick for someone to help with macros and with getting their, you know, their diet in order, which is the next thing that I wanted to ask you about is your deeper state keto because we saw that you just started this program where people can join in and work with you for basically 90 days, right? Yeah. So it's a, it's a, it's online course. Um, 90 days isn't set in stone. Like you can kind of customize it based off your individual needs and kind of parameters, but yeah, basically 90 days is typical, uh, run of the course. And yeah, partnered up with, you know, Matt and Mega Keto Connect, um, put them through it and they saw really good results with it. And we just decided to make a course so we can help scale it up and, and, you know, impact more people because I do the, I do the one-on-one custom, you know, keto coaching, but I'm, a, I'm only one person and I can't reach everybody doing that. Whereas with this course, I try and give people the tools and the principles to kind of, you know, take matters into their own hands and kind of learn how to incorporate these macro ratio recommendations and really just optimize their own health with the diet. And I noticed you have a, macro calculator on your website that mm-hmm. is there for people to go to and and that's what you use in the program correct yeah yeah and, and a quick note on macro calculators like everybody wants to know what their ideal macros are and i'll be the first to tell you that no macro calculator is perfect mine included um it's just simply a starting point like you have to use that to become in tune enough with your body to figure out what your body responds well to. And if you've been playing around with macros for a while and you know, then you can just bypass the macro calculator in the first place. But yeah, knowing, knowing what kind of what your starting point is and then just tweaking things from there, you know, no, I'm, I'm, I'm very much against absolutes when it comes to nutritional recommendations. Like everybody's an individual and I think everybody needs to treat themselves as such, you know? Well, you stated earlier that you work with, you know, young clients and older clients and, you have to adjust for the individual, what they, mm-hmm. what they can do and what they operate best on. And that's what we say as well is there is no, this is your macro. Everybody should do this. It does not exist. You have to know what state your body is in, what you've done in the past. Uh, you know, how, how, how is your health? All those things come into play when you start talking about somebody's macros. Absolutely. Yeah. That, that and training. And then like you can break it down even further and, you know, look at what types of foods are making up those macros. Like do they respond well to dairy, they poorly to dairy, you know, breaking down the micronutrients and the different types of meats. I mean, there's, you take it down to so many different levels. You know, I, I love this too, because don't you have incorporated into the program, a workout like routine for people 
Yeah, yeah, we we definitely focused on nutrition. That was the the bread and butter of the course. But you know, I mean, they're symbiotic in nature. If you get good nutrition, you're only going to benefit from having good training. So I put a couple of templates in there. But I mean, again, the, the focus of the course is definitely towards nutrition for sure. Man, that makes me upset that I didn't join Deeper State Keto when I saw it. <laughs> hey, it's 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 still open. It's still open. <laughs> Oh, cool. Well, we'll have to check that out for sure. Because, you know, even even with us, sometimes I'm like, I, I do fall into the thing sometimes like everyone else. I just want someone else to tell me what to do. And mm-hmm. I know we all have that. We have people that call us or text us and send us messages. Just tell me what to eat. And I'm like, dude, today I just want somebody to tell me what to eat. Because sometimes you do feel a little exhausted with it. But the, the great thing about keto is you can just find what works for you and you learn your body. You learn that if you eat something and it maybe it had a hidden carb in it somewhere, you feel it immediately. It's amazing how your body does respond. Like you talked about eating a half of an avocado and you know exactly how your body's going to respond to that. I also know when we've played around with ours, if I get some carbs in there that maybe are a little bit more than normal, then I feel, I just feel like crap. You know, Mm -hmm. I feel tired, lethargic, I get brain fog. And it's amazing how a lot of people don't have the connection between diet and how they feel. So taking someone through a program like Deeper State Keto to help them become more what we like to call intuitive with their eating because you do get in touch with your body and how it responds to food, which is such a disconnect in our world today. People don't associate their, their illness or their uh, health situation with what they've been putting in their body, which is so sad. Yeah, I agree. There, there is a disconnect for sure. And for someone that doesn't really know that much about nutrition or they're new to keto. I mean, it can definitely be overwhelming, like with everything online, the paralysis analysis is definitely a thing, you know, but I encourage people to just kind of change their mindset towards it. I mean, if you look at manipulating your macros and hitting the right foods as this huge looming chore in your life that, that you, is it just a negative, then then you're going to set yourself up for disaster and fail. But if you look at it as something enjoyable, something fun, I mean, nobody should know your body better than you. So you can't really rely on somebody to just tell you what to eat on a day-to-day basis. You, know, you could have somebody like me or you, you know, lend a helping hand, kind of illustrate the principles and kind of what to look for and what to manipulate. But at the end of the day, you know, you're responsible for your own health. And I think people should be excited about that. That's an opportunity. I mean, that's, that's, that's something that they can optimize and have full control over and just continue to refine day in, day out. Yeah, I really think that's, you know, that's what we called our stuff the tactical kitchen, because you have to be tactical about what you're feeding your body and what works for one person doesn't always work for the next. And with you, you have Keto Savage and you kind of hit on that earlier. It's your brand. How did you come to that name, really? Keto Savage. Uh, So actually, I have a a piece of paper with a whole bunch of different names written down on it, Um, much less appealing than keto savage. Um, <laughs> but, but for me, like the, you know, keto, obviously kind of self-explanatory, but the savage, like I wanted to embody a sense of just primitive, true, honest, like, I don't know, like just work and discipline and just, I don't know. I, I don't even know. Like primal performance is kind of like my tagline, but that's kind of what it boils down to, you know, like a savage, 
they just they have the the nuts and bolts of life and they make the most of that and then everything just goes and builds from like back to the basics there's so much just minutia out there in the world and to just bring things back to like a primitive state and really refine that and you're going to be setting yourself up with a much firmer baseline and much more solid foundation for the rest of your life well i think that's a really good uh name because you talk about basics and i think we often overcomplicate a lot of things and especially our diet and you know keto kind of breaks it down and makes it basic yeah absolutely i mean it's basic and it's it's fun you know like i I enjoy going to the grocery store and looking at different food options that are true, real, good foods that I'm excited to try and see how my body responds to. Like, there's so much crap in the grocery stores these days. So much just like if I if I turn the the package over and look at the label, and it's like a freaking college essay on there. Then I'm not going to eat it, you know. But if it's just you know three ingredients or one ingredient, and it's all good quality sources that I recognize, then I don't know. I think, I mean, to me, it's just a no brainer. Like obviously your body's going to perform better when you're putting quality into it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I know those $10 words that you have to like pronounce very slowly. Those those words don't belong on a, on a food label. Those are uh, what we call a chemical storm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. A chemical shit storm is what we call it. Yes. 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 I agree. So if you were going, if someone wanted to say, you know, I really, I really love what Robert Sykes is doing. I want to get into this world of keto. I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to do these kinds of things. What would be your advice to someone to just get started in either body, but, you know, in this world? You know, do do y'all follow Gary Vaynerchuk? Are are y'all familiar with him? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so he, he he's awesome. And and one thing I really like about him and kind of his message, and some of his stuff gets repetitive, but that's the beauty of it. Like, it's just so cut and dry that it is repetitive. But one thing that he said that really resonated with me is document, don't create. And so many people are hesitant to just jump into this, you know, world of social media or entrepreneurship or just putting themselves out there because they feel like they don't have anything to say. They feel like no one's going to listen. They feel like they don't have what it takes to to create value or add value to the world. Um, But that's not even the case. I mean, everybody's an individual. Everybody can tackle life with their own perspective and that can become something of value that somebody would appreciate. And for me, like my first YouTube video was shot on my phone in my closet with a towel for a black backdrop. Like it was just as primitive and savage as it gets, you know? Um, and, And to look back on that, into what I'm building now, like I'm proud of that. And there's just so much more that I want to be able to do and refine and, and add to it as we go. But you just got to start. You just got to put yourself out there. You can't let it be super polished and perfect and refined at the get-go. You have to just learn as you go. And you'll see where people's interest is. You'll see kind of what resonates with you, what starts to gain traction, and then just double down on that. But yeah, don't hesitate to start. Just just start and grind it out. Yeah, yeah that's just- great, great advice. Start and grind it out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we, we, um, we always think, well, we need this fancy piece of equipment to be able to start if somebody wants to do a YouTube channel. But like you said, you used your iPhone and a black towel as a background. So just start. That's, that's really great advice. And um, your, by the way, your YouTube channel, your opening sequence, are you like a computer graphics designer? Did you do that? 
No, I, I looked on YouTube. I mean, everything that I've learned, I've taught myself just watching YouTube videos. So I didn't have a, I used to, I'm from the, I'm from Arkansas. You're from Arkansas. Like I used to pride myself in not knowing how to work a computer and uh, just being as country as you can get. And once I decided to get into business, like, I mean, you have to learn how to use the tools that you have available to you. So I, yeah, I would, I would watch YouTube videos. Um, and then I've downloaded different forms of software. I played around with it. Like when I first started making YouTube videos, I would spend three hours watching a video on how to make a video that took me another three hours to make. I mean, it was the, and only three people would watch it, (laughs) you know, like it was the most inefficient business endeavor ever. Um, But you have to just keep building on that as you go, you know, but yeah, I mean, you could learn how to do anything on YouTube. I learned how to build my website on YouTube. I mean, everything that you see is, is from my hands and it's all just been self-taught from digging in, asking people and just getting to work. Even the keto brick is from your hands. Mm-hmm. Handmade by Robert Sa- Robert Sykes. Yeah. So that is super awesome. And can you let everybody know where they can find you? We've mentioned your YouTube and your Instagram, but can you just let them know what those are, how they can find you? And yeah, yeah. So everything's Keto Savage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> everything's Keto Savage. So like if they Google Keto Savage, KetoSavage.com is my website, uh, Keto Savage on social media. And then I've got a separate uh, website and Instagram handle for the keto brick, which is just ketobrick.com. But yeah, that's, uh, that's where I'll be. Well, it's been a, a, an absolute great conversation. And I know we keep referencing how young you are, uh, not to insult you because you, you're definitely not, you might be 26, but you're doing things that, uh, people much older than you are trying to do. So, um, you're definitely, uh, older than your 26 year old, you know, body. That's I appreciate that. I appreciate yeah, that. You know, but it's an inspiration to people that, you know, you don't have to wait until you're 35 to start a business. You don't have to wait. You can start now. If you're 20 years old, you can start something now and, and make something amazing. So that's, Absolutely. that's inspiring. So that's why we do kind of call that out, mostly because we're in our late 40s. So we're just like, ah youth oh, we're just getting, you know and we're and, just you know, getting started we feel like we're just getting warmed up honestly so <laughs> and so that's that's the way to look at it you know and that's like another thing that gary vaynerchuk said that resonated with me i mean i don't care if you're 15 or 55 or or 95 i mean if, if you got life left in the tank then then take advantage of that i mean i'm not ever going to roll over and quit you know i don't care where i'm at in life like i'm always going to be trying to build the next thing and move to the next level and add value somewhere or another and if, you know, these 15-year-old kids, that they've, they've got a cell phone that they can use to, to create content, document their life process, and that resonates with somebody, I mean, they've got, they've got the world at their fingertips. Yeah, it's a time like no other in history. So, so much information, and there's so much information to get out. And we really appreciate you taking time to lay out some of the things that you do for for people out there so they can maybe find you. And if they want to do deeper state keto, they want to get a keto brick or they just want one-on-one coaching. Do you have openings for that? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm open. I'm, I'm always open. All right. So if, if people are looking to be more keto savage, they can definitely <laughs> contact you. That, that's the goal. My goal is to make everybody a savage. So we'll make it happen. savage. Well, you're, you're, you're making a, a lot of changes. You're making a, a, a big impact in the keto world and you're affecting people's lives and that's great. So we, we commend you for that. It's awesome. Hey, I, I appreciate y'all more than you realize. I mean, any success I see period is a result of, of you, you know, the, the audience, the community, I mean, y'all are my oxygen. So I owe it all to y'all. 
Awesome. Well, we appreciate the talk. And I think that wraps it up. Everybody go check out Keto Savage. Yeah. And eat fat and prosper. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Tactical Kitchen. Hit subscribe and leave us a review. Don't forget to send your questions to btkquestions at gmail.com and visit our website, thetacticalkitchen.com.